The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hey, greetings. We welcome our pet-loving listeners who tune in each week from around the world to the best in pet talk radio. Hey, Doc, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? You know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness oh, Month. okay. Well, I got a story for you. So I was at a doctor's appointment last week, specifically with my gynecologist, and the funniest thing happened. Let's just say it's mildly uncomfortable for a doctor to examine your breasts. You kind of just feel weird. I mean, they're kind of like feeling you up and stuff. Well, in the midst of my exam, the doctor asked me about my dogs and I just started laughing. I mean, I didn't know what to do. Well, she continued to ask me about my dogs. And as I was telling her about the four English toy spaniels, I just started to relax and then I asked her if she had a dog and then she told me she had an Akita and that her daughter showed the Akita. Before you know it, we just started talking about dogs and the, la- and the last thing I remember is I was on my way out the door, I paid the bill and I said, you know, goodbye. Well, after I got home, I was telling a friend of mine about what happened, how all of a sudden the doctor is examining my breast and she starts asking me about my dogs and my friend said you know that doctor was really smart and i said what do you mean she goes she was just trying to relate to you and talk about something that would make you relax mm-hmm. and i thought my friend was absolutely right so what do you think oh i totally agree with that that we t- attempt to do that all the time because we know that our clients our patients are very nervous so you got to find some method to try to prevent them from being over anxious and giving you a poor response to your diagnosis. I know. So it was kind of crazy, but I just want to remind everybody out there. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And to remember that male and female dogs get breast cancer, too. Right. Absolutely. They and do. later in the month, we're going to be having an expert on our show, one of the leading researchers talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But now. Doc, let's talk about show specifics. What are we talking about today? So this week on the Pet Buzz, we are talking about what most people forget in the emergency preparedness kit. And finally, Katie Couric, new partnership with Mars. Also, we are continuing our report about dog napping, but... But now we have to bring on our first guest. So going to the veterinarian doesn't need to be a hassle for you or a frightening experience for your dog. Our next guest, she's a dream team member, is going to give us some tips on how to make visiting the vet less of a traumatic experience for both of you. Yeah, and joining us today to talk about how best to prepare yourself and your pet for a calm vet visit is one of our favorite dog trainers, Amy Robinson. Amy, welcome to the Pet Bus. Thanks so much. I love being here. You know, since I'm a veterinarian and I'm interested in hearing your tips, I'm looking forward to passing them on to my clients also. So why do dogs and their pet owners get so anxious when they come to the vet? I think a lot of it is just anticipation. The dog, you know, once you pull in the parking lot, they know where they are and they're anticipating being handled 
um, maybe have their ears looked into, maybe have something put down into the ear, which is always unpleasant, possibly poked and prodded, you know, with a um, needle. So the dog is expecting this and is already kind of gearing up for it. You know, I also think that owners are anxious, if, especially if they have a nervous dog and they project that. I mean, Amy and I as dog trainers, I mean, I don't really dog train anymore, but one of the things we always learn is that theory about both ends of the leash. So if you're freaked out, nervous and expecting him, maybe your dog will freak out and be nervous too. What do you think? Is that true, Amy? Yeah, I think you're so right about that because they read us so incredibly well. Not only do they read our expressions and our body language, but they smell our stress hormone kicking in. And so they think, "Uh oh, something's wrong. I should be nervous now. And especially if you're saying something like, my dog's nervous and you're petting him constantly and, you know, trying to sort of protect him from the vet, the the dog thinks, oh, this is going to be tough. (laughs) What can dog owners do to prepare for their dog visits? Well, a couple things. One is I like to take the dog somewhere first before the vet visit is scheduled. So the same day, maybe schedule another half hour for yourself and go to a park and just take a slow walk in a park or a shopping area or even a um, like a pet supply store. They always welcome dogs and that's a feast of smells for them. That's kind of cool. I never thought about that. Yeah, then when they go back to the vet, you know, it's just like, okay, this is our second stop. It's no big deal. Cool. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with dog trainer Amy Robinson about keeping pets calm for veterinary visits. Dr. Fleck, you had a question about the car. Yeah, you know, many of the dogs, many of our, our canine pets very rarely go for trips in the car, except to visit the vet. So how can we make this? How can you make it more interesting, I guess, or fun to go to the vet? Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm going to have a full <laughs> afternoon of seeing patients. And I know that all of them are going to come in. And I look at that expression on their face. Their ears go back when they're on the exam table. They're looking at their pet parent across the way like, what am I doing here? You know why yeah. I'm laughing? I'm laughing because I'm thinking about what it would be like if it was fun to go to the doctor. Uh, you know, it hasn't right. been fun since second I mean, grade where they used to give you a lollipop. That's a very good analogy because it's not fun for us to go to the doctor. We have to wait, that we have to wait in the inner sanctum room, right? So it could be the same for your dog. So he's in the waiting room. And then he gets ushered into the little room and a nurse is there. And then the the big guy comes in, right? So when you come in, Dr. Fleck, the dog immediately sees a person of authority and he may think, okay, I have to just watch my P's and Q's here. I mean, you're hoping that's what he's thinking, right? Just by chatting for a minute with the owner and not necessarily immediately putting hands on the dog might help him, you know, feel better. Your staff gives out treats and they're high value treats. But, you know, it's so funny because I know from you, you told me a lot of doctors are still adhering to COVID protocols Mm -hmm. where somebody's coming out to take the dog away. Mm -hmm. Right. So if somebody's coming out to take the dog away, whether it's from the front seat, the back seat or even the hatchback or SUV, I would think that dogs might 
get freaked out? I mean, do you, yeah. could you see a pattern of that, Amy? Can you talk about well, that? Yeah. It, also, if you watch your dog's body language when they approach the car, when they go to take the dog out of the car, you'll see how he feels about it. Um, you know, if he's crouching a little, doesn't want to leave the car, maybe he didn't have the best experience there. Uh, personally, I really like a vet that lets me come in and stay in the room. I don't love it when they want to take the dog to the back room to clip the nails or, you know, examine the ears. I want to see that in front of me. I'm okay with it. You know, I'm not squeamish, but I feel like if they take them to a back room, it's possible negative for the dog. He can smell the antiseptic smells. He maybe feels the stress coming off a dog that's just coming out of surgery. So it's unfamiliar and it can be intimidating to the dog. Should you take the dog out of the car though? Maybe like if you know your time's coming up, should you hang out like outside with the dog? Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Like a lot of vets offices will have a little bench out there or just let him sniff around and have a little pee, you know, just so he's smelling the grass and feeling the breeze on his face. You know, nature is a marvelous tool to let our dogs feel like dogs again. I like that. Doc, you had a question for Amy. Amy, do you think we should take our dogs to the veterinary office prior to the appointment so that maybe he or she can become familiar with the surroundings and the office staff? I love that idea. And I actually did it today with a Bernese Mountain Dog, talking about a huge dog that if he's not cooperative as a vet, could be really hard on everybody. I think that should be part of the the protocol and maybe one day a week when the day is like on a Wednesday or something that's you know for you or clients can come by and their dog can see and get a snack and leave and that way they'll be less uh, difficult oh I I think that's a great idea just that familiarity yeah is is really a great and there's idea. lots of stuff to sniff and smell whether it's the food on the shelf or you know they cleaned up and there's that cleaner cleanser smell also people in their planning for their appointment if they're coming earlier, it's better than coming late. Then you can remind them of all those things. Mm -hmm. You know, bring your poop. You know, make sure he pees before he comes well, in the door. Well, I was just door. thinking if you take the dog for a walk before you come in, take your little uh, poop bag with you, and you might get a fresh sample. Well, Amy, we need to take a commercial break. Can you stick around for another segment? Would love to. Great. Amy Robinson is sticking around. Also in our next segment is Celebrity Pet Buzz and our special report on dog napping. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Training matters for all dogs, especially for puppies. To make training fun and enjoyable, motivate your pooch with Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Treats contain no corn, wheat, soy, preservatives, added flavors, or food coloring. Dogs love them because they're soft-baked with healthy ingredients like pumpkin, peanut butter, and sweet potato. Train your dog to give him the best life with the best motivation. Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter's Healthy Treats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, we're back with dog trainer Amy Robinson, and she's sharing her great tips about having a calming experience when taking your dog to the vet. What do you think about high-value treats? You know, everyone talks about high-value treats. You know, should they be part of this vet calming equation? I like it. Um, You know, I'll mix treats. I don't want the dog to have the same thing every time. And sometimes I'll um, take a less expensive biscuit-like treat chop it up into smaller pieces, and then throw it in a bag with something that really has an odor and a taste like turkey hot dogs or, you know, a an organic pet jerky that's nine bucks a bag. But then I'm using this, you know, three bucks a box, little biscuits, breaking them up. And then when you mix them in, they sort of taste the same and you're saving money. Cool. High value treat squat. I got to get some of those turkey hot dogs, right? I mean, what do you think? Turkey hot dogs. That's sure. the way to go. Sure. You had a, a question for Amy. Yeah, this one is really important. Can you talk to us about how we can keep our pet calm with the vet for his or her examination? Yeah, a lot of it, I feel like, is being, as a pet owner, a little bit of an actor where you're you're just projecting confidence and, oh, hi, Dr. Fleck, how are you today? You know, isn't this heat incredible? And just having a casual conversation and not, you know, sort of holding your dog real tight or um, projecting some kind of, oh, you know, he gets nervous at the vet, so um, you might want to muzzle him, you know, like that. Like if you have that attitude, your dog will immediately pick up on that. So I think just keep it, even if the dog is getting his ears examined and he's really unhappy about it. Just talking to you about it. Oh, what do they look like? And, and having a tone of voice that is casual and upbeat. Yeah, just just as a suggestion, when I'm looking at the ears, which is really kind of a a, a nervousness for the for the pet. Most of the time, I'll have the, the the pet parent come up and just be part of that. You know, as long as they're just touching the pet, yeah. I can look in the ears. If they're not touching the pet. I mean, we're struggling like mad. So, so it's mutual cooperation and like a a level of, of, you know, being on, I remember Amy Buchauer said her dog was so in awe of you and you just played with it, you know, a few minutes of play to kind of get to know the dog before you start pulling and yanking and shoving and sticking things in it. Well, lastly, what do you want pet owners to remember about this or any other situation that a dog encounters that's not part of his day-to-day life? You know, I was just talking to a behaviorist a week ago and she's, we were talking about excessive barking and she said, the dog will alert to anything that is new in the environment. She said that could be inside, outside, in the car. Um, so in my mind, you don't always want to immediately suppress that kind of behavior that indicates, oh, something's changed in my environment and now I'm going to bark at it. I might growl a little under my breath or I might just you know, raise the hackles on my back and sniff the air and and look a little disconcerted. Um, I don't think we should always try to stop that immediately. You know, they're sort of doing our jobs, alerting us to something. Um, Good case, I was just walking a big dog. He kept glancing down this street and he looked a little unsure and his hackles went up. And I thought, okay, there's nothing there. Let's keep going. And sure enough, 
like a second later, this loose dog appeared out of behind a fire hydrant and was kind of looking at us across the street. So not to say the dog was aggressive, but the dog I was walking picked up on it and let me know that this was happening. Amy, thank you for joining us today. It, I hope my, I hope my pet parents are listening to this. I think it'll be helpful for them when they come and visit. Can you give us your website? Oh, sure. Amy Robinson, dog expert.com. Amy Robinson, dog expert.com and dream team member for the pet bus. Well, to remind you that was dog trainer, Amy Robinson discussing how to prepare your dog for a vet visit up next. Now it's time for the buzz that celebrity pet buzz. Katie Kirk Media and Mars Incorporated have partnered for the digital series Unleashed, where Kirk chats with her friends about their own rescue pets and about their adoption experience. Katie describes herself, you remember Katie from the Today Show. Well, she describes herself as a lifelong dog lover and a longtime New Yorker. So it only makes sense that some of her friends in the city have dogs and she wants to talk about those experiences well in the first episode of unleashed which now is available to watch and you can find that at katiecurric.com and that's k-a-t-i-e-c-o-u-r-i-c.com it really includes jason biggs you remember him doc from american pie right mm-hmm. right well his wife is with him she's a new york times best-selling author jenny mullen and they really are getting together and they're talking about their 15 year old rescue dog gina Marie who the family describes as a Jersey girl, even though they live in New York City in the West Village. Well, in the premiere episode, Biggs and Mullen talk about how their dog is an escape artist, and they actually call her Gone Girl Pooch. And they tell Kirk about their continued support of animal rescue work uh, that they do, their past pets, and the songs that they sometimes sing to their animals. So many people sing songs to their animals. Hmm. I do when I'm walking. I say, Ale, Monte. Ale, Monte, Ale. That means let's go and walk up the hill. Keep going. Well, anyway, Kirk revealed that she loved learning about their pet adoption experience and hoped that it motivates people to consider rescuing a pet in need of a loving home. So you can check out, like I said, the first episode on katiekurek.com. Good thing, right? Very interesting. Yeah. You know, a first date is a great opportunity to get to know someone before you like them a bit better but before that date begins you start to get excited if not a bit anxious about how the night might possibly unfold well to reduce your anxiety policy advisors suggest bringing your dog along while not the traditional wingman policy advisor notes that fido brings plenty to the table on a date night Joining us today is Edwin Plotz from Policy Advisor. Policy Advisor is an intelligent pet insurance comparison tool built to use your unique answers to analyze your pet's breed-specific risk, policy coverage, exclusions, and expected lifetime cost. Edwin, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy you're here. What a fun topic, right? Agreed. And so great to be back with you. Yeah, you know what? I'm curious because I think it's such an interesting topic. What prompted this dog dating research? <laughs> yeah, so at Policy Advisor, uh, we specialize in expert analysis. And with the rise in pet adoptions during the pandemic, a lot of people are actually putting themselves back out there. And so dog-friendly bars, restaurants, etc., are actually all becoming super popular. Uh, So we wanted to explore the intersection between dogs and dating to see which cities were best for bringing pets and people together. Cool. So in your opinion, 
What can a dog bring to a first date? So, in my opinion, first dates can definitely be really nerve wracking. Uh, um, and I think having a dog with you can really ease those nerves because you can kind of rely on your pup to spark conversation or distract from some of those awkward pauses. Um, plus, you're almost guaranteed to be greeted with a smile when you show up with the pup. <laughs> You hope so. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to picture what it would be like if I, depending on the age and where you are and what you're doing, you know what I mean? What if the sure. guy's planning on taking you out for a nice dinner? I mean, do you tell him you're bringing your dog? Like, I mean, how, that's... Does that, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, you know. And by the way, ladies, Edwin is very handsome. So he's young. So. I appreciate uh, that. And that's a good point. Probably should either let them know or just make sure to choose a dog-friendly place when it's going to be a pleasant surprise. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I mean, maybe your first date is like, you know, you're taking a nice walk in the park. Everybody needs to get out in nature. Um, and mm. I think that's important. Go for the park, take a nice little walk. Um, and just, you know, I, I recently told a friend of mine uh, this past week, you know, just enjoy yourself. Do some fun things. Get outside. Talk a little bit. So many times we when we meet people, we we work on ideas of perception. So this is a great opportunity. Get your dog out. See if he has a dog, if he likes dogs. You'll find out pretty soon. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Edwin Plotz from Policy Advisor about dating with dogs. So, okay. So now the next big question is, how did you conduct this research? I mean, what city factors did you look into regarding trying to date with man's or man or woman's best friend? So we actually researched like 15 different factors uh, that would be important to trying to date someone with a dog. Um, and these really span from like socio-cultural factors, date night factors, and environmental factors. Things like what's the single population or the dog ownership or the cost of the date or the number of pet friendly you know, like venues and events and such. Um, all these things kind of factored in there. And then we actually scored each city uh, zero through five, the higher score indicating the cities that were better for dog friendly date nights. Cool. So I guess you looked at breweries, restaurants, parks. Oh, yeah, um, exactly. The cost of, I guess, going out to dinner, right? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, the how many dog friendly is... restaurants are there? Right. That would make sense. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a ton. It's definitely a, especially since the pandemic as well. And when we had that big push for like outdoor dining and uh, a lot of places creating these outdoor spaces, um, there's more dog-friendly restaurants than there were previous. So how many cities did you analyze and what are the top five and why? And then I guess you should, might as well tell us what are the bottom five and why? <laughs> yeah, so we analyzed 100 cities. Okay. Uh, the top five ended up being, number one actually, being Charleston, South Carolina. Number two was San Francisco. Three was Greenville, South Carolina. Four was Boise, Idaho. And then Portland, Oregon. And each of these cities actually ranked for different reasons. So, for example, Charleston ranked really highly because of the high number of dog parks, pet-friendly restaurants and breweries. And cemeteries where you can bring your dog. And cemeteries included. <laughs> and a great average temperature, just kind of like around the year. Uh -huh. um, San Francisco actually ranked high because of the number of pet-friendly venues. Uh, so, like, music places. And it had a really strong walkability score. Mm-hmm. 
Greenville had a really which is low interesting. cost. I'm sorry for interrupting you, which is interesting sure. because it's so hard to find housing with a pet in San Francisco. So that's interesting. Mm. Well, and, and so the other two of these were is that uh, Greenville actually ended up on this top list because it had such a low cost of a date night um, and high number of pet friendly restaurants and breweries. Um, but we can see certainly see the full breakdown on our website. Now, in terms of the bottom five, the bottom five were Bridgeport, Connecticut, Provo, Utah, New York, New York, um, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, I always forget how to pronounce that. <laughs> and Ogden, Utah. So four out of the five of these actually don't really have any pet-friendly venues. And one of them had... It's super as far as could, expensive. Yeah. New York. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was the key driver for New York was... Um, it just was the most expensive date night cost. Something actually averaging, when we looked into it, averaging around $95 um, for, for a date night. Um, and then actually Provo, Utah, as far as we could tell, really didn't have any pet friendly restaurants or breweries or beaches or venues or anything. Um, so that's, wow. that's how we kind of found these guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, money is on every on so many people's minds. And, you know, it's interesting because... Um, you know, New York's a great city to have a dog. Um, it's great to walk. We have Central Park. There are lots of dog parks, lots, you know, pet stores, tons of veterinarians. Mm -hmm. But it is an expensive city. Uh, and there, I mean, I'm even thinking on the Upper East Side or the Upper West Side or downtown. There's plenty of restaurants. It's just expensive. But you know what? The way the economy, ever, food cost, everything is actually going up. So, you know, I don't know, guys. I th I'm thinking like, you know, you have that first date in a park and you take a nice little walk. Or, you know, the nice thing in Charleston, I believe what they, all the folks down there in Charleston, South Carolina, is they take a bottle and they go to the local cemetery, bring their dogs and hang out. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and I think really, I think whatever facilitates conversation Mm. on a date so you can decide whether you like that person but as i told someone this past week good conversation if people reveal who they are believe them <laughs> and move on so you could possibly have a lot of first dates in your future okay yeah it's interesting two in utah i never thought utah as a very pet friendly state but you know who knows more people are moving around the country Overall, what can our listening audience take away from this research? I mean, I think it would be to not be afraid to bring your dog on any dates or upcoming social events. Obviously, to your point, definitely want to probably check ahead of time that they're cool with that. Um, but that's probably going to be a big part of what you're looking for in either a friend or a partner is that they are comfortable with being around your dog. That's like such a key part of being a pet parent. Um, and there's likely plenty of options for these pet-friendly date nights or friend nights. Uh, and if nothing else, at least you should take away that your dog can be an amazing wingman or wingwoman. Yeah, I mean, having a dog is definitely a lifestyle choice. I mean, I remember years ago, uh, I had a friend of mine, and she, I overheard her saying, Oh, Charlotte, I mean, she, I, had, I always had dogs. I had four dogs or five dogs. And she goes, I don't even, this was in the summertime and mm. she had a share house in the Hamptons where I actually owned a house in the Hamptons. And she used to say, I don't know, those dogs are like killers. They're like albatrosses around her neck. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Yeah, I don't think so. It's a choice. I had so many dogs and I, as a result, I always met so many people, whether I was in the beach in Sag Harbor or the beach in East Hampton. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, having a dog is a lifestyle choice. And what totally. I find so interesting is I interviewed her on the show not such a long time ago. And now she's totally in love with her dog, her Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named Queen <laughs> Elizabeth. So that should tell you about her uh, former ex-beauty queen, my friend Alex, who I love dearly. But um yeah. So now she's involved in that lifestyle choice like the rest of us, you know, taking the dogs. Before I got here, I took the dogs to the groomer today. You know, and I had to plan my day around the dogs, what time they get picked up and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Edwin, it's so great having you. Thank you so much. Um, before you go, why don't you give us um, your website? Sure. Uh, so the Policy Advisor website is just policy.com. So it's paw, kind of like a pet paw, L-I-C-Y, policy.com. Great. Well, everyone, that was Edwin Plotz from Policy Advisor discussing the best U.S. cities to date with your dog. What do you think? I'm just curious. Would you take your dog on a first date? I don't know. I'm not. I'm still thinking it out. I mean, the older I get, I'm a little bit more outrageous than I used to be, but we'll see. Let me know with a post or a tweet or in writing. So if you're going to write to me, write to me directly at team at the We always want to hear from you. I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be, cause that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. You know, this week in Florida, where we live on the West Coast, we're really worried about uh, hurricanes. So we are actually taping this show. And as we're taping, Hurricane Ian is supposed to be approaching us before week's end. But I want to talk about one of the most important items that pet owners forget when they're creating and packing their emergency preparedness kit. And you know what that is? What? It's wee-wee pads. Oh, I mean, think about it. Yeah. During a storm, you cannot let your dog out. You're not going to walk your dog. I shouldn't say a storm. During a hurricane you are, or a tornado, you're not going to let your dog go outside alone, and you're not going to walk your dog outside. So wee-wee pads is a must, and you really have to buy the right wee-wee pads, and that's why I use Wiz Smart wee-wee pads. Now, during any other emergency situation, my house never has wee-wee pads in it. Okay, my dogs are walked three to four times a day. So when an emergency happens, a dog is sick, there's a natural disaster possibly happening, I use wee-wee pads. Well, WizSmart uses top quality, upcycled and unused diapers from global manufacturers combined with their leak-proof design to develop pet pads that bring ease, comfort and cleanliness to pets and their owners. You know, most wee-wee pads, and I don't know if you guys experienced this, on the market really leave a wet mess behind. They, the, they leak through the plastic coating on the bottom, but Wismart's all-day dry dog pads work up to 24 hours so that pet lovers can keep pet paws dry and avoid dirty homes with only with this only one with smart premium pad so that doesn't that means you don't have to have three and four wee wee pads put down during the day you save some money on an upcycled product it's made from diapers believe it or not okay and the backing is actually check this out sustainable it's made with sugar cane like a sugar cane uh, derivative so unlike most training pads wismar pads quickly absorb liquid to trap and eliminate odors because imagine being stuck in the house for four days and having to deal with stinky wee wee pads so your pet can really stay clean and pee discreetly in your home so i'm telling you guys check them out at wismart.com
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So now we are going to finish up with our special report about dog napping. If you missed part one of the special report, please listen to last week's show on our streaming channels. And you'll be able to hear our introductory segments about a very real and frightening problem pet owners are facing around the country. So, Charlotte, what are contributing factors of dog napping? You know, it's a really great question to ask because there's a lot that goes into some of these contributing factors. A lot of these breeds, and we went over a lot of those breeds that are getting kidnapped, French Bulldogs, English Bulldogs, Shih Tzus, Boston Terriers, Golden Retrievers, and even Pit Bulls. But some of those breeds that I described are very rare. They're trendy and they're difficult to get their hands on. And what I mean by rare is that French Bulldogs don't have big litters. They have smaller litters. So that's what I mean by rare. Uh, you know, so it's difficult to get their hands on of necessarily a French Bulldog, but they are the prime candidate for theft. You know, Frenchies have really become trendy due to their presence on social media, especially Instagram, as well as breed representations, which can be found on bed sheets, sweaters, phone cases, and even ad campaigns. You know, another contributing factor to the breed popularity is the fact that Frenchies are owned by a lot of notable celebrities like Lady Gaga. We know that from her dog napping story, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Leonardo DiCaprio, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg. You know, he hangs out with Martha, so it's not surprising he now has a French Bulldog, Madonna, and as well as Reese Witherspoon. And then with the hefty price tag of 4K and up, and really a lot of these French Bulldogs, Dr. Fleck, are going for about $10,000. So there is an implied elite status if you actually do have a French Bulldog. I mean, can you imagine paying $10,000 for a dog? No, and I have, I can't imagine that, but I do have clients in my practice that actually do have $10,000 Frenchies. And of course, they're concerned about the, the $5, $5 rabies, rabies shot. shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, Dr. Stanley Corrin, he comes on, he's a psychologist, he writes, he's a contributor for um, Psychology Today. And I asked him, about what he thought about this. And he said, you know, French Bulldogs, literally they are very distinctive breed and they can't be mistaken for another dog. So there's that standout appeal, what they look like, it's different. It's not like other dogs. So people always wanna be standouts with a standout dog. So he said, that's also a factor that contributes to it. But really in the case of the French Bulldog, the demand outweighs the supply and that must be figured into as well because there aren't tons of French Bulldogs. I mean, I mean, as you know, according to the AKC this year in registration in 2021, the French Bulldog has is really under the Labrador Retriever, which held the top spot for 40 years. And now we have the French Bulldog at number two. So these are all things that really make for a voracious uh, a demand for that particular breed. And what was number one? The Labrador Retriever, I just told you that. Oh, I thought you said they were number two. The no. French Bulldog is number two. The Labrador is number one. Still number one. Right, for 40 years. Where's the Golden? 
I can't remember. I don't know if it's still in the top 10, but I know German Shepherds and Boxers are. So who are the victims of dog theft? Well, we've identified that obviously pet owners are, are the victims or the primary victims of, uh, of dog theft. But you have to take into consideration breeders are too. So what precautions are? Breeders taking. Well, I think it's important to recognize, and you know this, for over the years, experts always tell you that it's really important, you know, experts and other related organizations like the AKC, they've talked about it for years. They talk about the importance of meeting the breeder at his or her home and seeing the sire, the dam, and all the puppies so that you know it's a clean environment. You know, you hope that she's a great breeder and you get to spend some time with her. So it's about you both interviewing each other. But now breeders, especially French bulldog breeders, are really wary of having people come to their home. And actually it's funny because one breeder I talked to said she only will deal with referrals from folks that she has already sold dogs to in the past. Hmm. New clients have to fill out detailed fact sheets about their lifestyle, uh, especially with specifics of how they plan to take care of a new puppy. A lot of breeders now are doing Zoom meetings with potential dog owners so they can evaluate each other. They see Zoom as a tool that potential pet owners can see the sire and the dam and the other puppies. The breeders are really specific about checking references, including one from a vet, so that they know these people are real because they're really afraid to let people come to their home. I mean, there was a case down in Rosenberg, Texas, where a guy had two puppies left he had an appointment with uh, with a guy while the guy was walking up the driveway to meet him he brought the puppies out someone came following the guy with the gun pulled a gun he ran in the house left the puppies on the table the guy snatched the puppies dropped one as he sped away and actually ran over the puppy You know, I mean, it's just, it's gotten absolutely crazy. So a lot of these breeders don't want people coming into their home. A lot of people tell people, look, I have security cameras. Not such a long time ago, uh, probably about three or four months ago, Dr. Fleck and I did a French bulldog show just on the French bulldog where we had breeders, veterinarians, and a variety of other people who talked about the French bulldog. But um, Pat Sosa said she tells people she's got security cameras all over her property and that when people come, she meets them with her Doberman Pinscher guard dog. Mm, Smart move. Okay. Another breeder said that before you come to her house, she needs the color and make and model of your car and the license plate. And if you show up with another car, she will not let you in her gates. And she said, people who are flying in to meet her must call her from Enterprise or Avis or Budget or Alamo and tell her what rental car and what the license plates are. She will not let you into her home. Mm. That's how paranoid people are especially french bulldog people very cautious and what about pet stores well breeders aren't really the only ones and i'm glad that you mentioned pet stores i mean many pet stores throughout the country have experienced dog theft since the pandemic for example right here in our county manatee county florida a petland discount was hit and forty-eight thousand dollars worth of dogs were stolen including french bulldogs get this people are running into pet stores asking to see puppies especially french bulldogs they pet them and they run out of the store with them and jump in a running car two sets of girls stole a french bulldog from a pet store while the staff was in the store they ran right out the door jumped in a car they probably went a mile and a half down the road and were changing the license plates on the car when the sheriff pulled over and caught them with the french bulldog so these are stories that are really happening right now well popularly can you talk about 
prosecution and penalties? Sure. Well, it's important to know that dogs and there are and, some. Yes, there are dogs and other companion animals mm. are currently, as you know, classified as property in theft sentencing. And as a result, offenders who steal dogs are given sentences to those who steal like inanimate objects. Unfortunately, most states consider pet theft as a misdemeanor and the penalties include small fines and little jail time. According to the Canine Journal, as of 2020, that's in Michigan State University, only 15 states, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, New Hampshire, um, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Virginia, and Texas address dog theft in criminal codes. And while the criminal charges and penalties vary from state to state, California and Louisiana impose charges and penalties that are based on monetary value of the stolen dog. So if the dog is $10,000, the sentencing and the penalties are starting from there. However, Virginia, Louisiana, Oklahoma, New York, Mississippi have severe criminal statutes ranging from classifying dog theft as a felony with six months to 10 years of jail time and fines that start at $200. So even though there's six months to 10 years of jail time, the fines start, which seem low at $200, right? And that equals two, three times the value of an animal that you stole. So in those, some of those states, it can be three times the value of the animal you stole. So it could be if you have a French bulldog in Louisiana, you could possibly get a $30,000 fine. 200 to 50,000 or 200 it's to 500? It's 200 to 500,000, excuse me. So um, obviously a review of penalties for dog theft should be more severe because dogs are part of our family than really stealing an inanimate or, or non-living property. And, and studies in case law have shown that there is a unique animal-human bond that we know, especially you, and the implications of labeling dogs as property is really starting to change. So then what actions can pet owners take about this horrific crime? The Animal Legal Defense Fund encourages animal lovers to take action by lobbying local, state, and government representatives, as well as agencies, to change the laws to protect animals. So what you can always do is organize, meet with like-minded dog owners, really to change pet laws. I mean, we know because we have a congressman who's very pro-animals, Vern Buchanan, he actually passed the fastest legislation right. uh, that has been done during the Trump four years. So someone like Vern Buchanan, who is an animal lover, this is something that could be brought up, um, whether you're in Florida or whether you're around the country, and make him aware of this type of legislation. The only thing I can say is this is the end of our special report, but I want to put up on our social media channels what you can do to prevent dog theft, because I think that's really important. Great report. Okay. Great and I'm going to give you one hint of one thing that I came up with. For example, in my house, I used to have breed flags hanging up and it would have all four English toy spaniels. And I realized I was just advertising to thieves that I had four English toy spaniels. And if people saw me walking around the neighborhood, I'd have the four colors of English toy spaniels on that banner walking around. So I got rid of the breed flags, uh, no breed mats at the door. And I suggest you do the same thing. I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? Look for treats made with no additives or preservatives, just natural ingredients like Hunter's Healthy Treats. Choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dog, but he will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and, and country. country. So don't you love the mailbag? We love to share pet owner questions with you. You've got mail. Doc, this week the mailbag question is for you. Are you ready? I think so. Well, this question hails from Chris from Illinois. She's been listening to the Pet Buzz for many years. She actually listens on Apple iTunes, so we're excited to have her write. She writes, Doc, Dr. Fleck, is it safe to give Tylenol to my pet? Wow, what a great question. And Chris, first of all, let me thank you for writing and listening to the Pet Buzz. I do not suggest that you give your pet any pain medication such as Tylenol or Advil unless specifically instructed by your vet. These medications can be very harmful to your pet and can cause ulcerations of the stomach as well as organ failure. If your pet is experiencing pain, your vet can recommend a safer pet-friendly medication to help ease that pain. If you are in an emergency situation where your pet needs pain relief quickly, it is best to contact your vet or an emergency clinic in your area for further help. Hope this helps, Chris. And for the rest of you pet lovers, keep sending Charlotte and myself your questions. We are here for you. I think that's a great question, and it's a common question. I'm sure you hear that question a lot, don't you, Doc? Yeah, they're NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and the vet knows which one that you should be using. That's really important. The vet knows which one that you should be using. Not your neighbor in Google. The Pet Buzz News from around the globe. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. Well, as we earlier discussed, dog napping is happening everywhere. In this case, the story revolves around a parked car with a dog left unattended. Well, a California man is facing charges now after surveillance footage. You got to remember, cameras are everywhere. This footage showed him taking a dog out of a parked car last week. In a Facebook post, the Irvine Police Department said a small dog by the name of Mookie was stolen out of a car at the university town center parking lot in mid-September, right? Okay, detectives located surveillance video that showed a man walking up to the car on its rear passenger side, seemingly talking to the dog, and then take the dog through an open window within 40 seconds. First of all, I want to know why the pet owner went shopping in the mall and left the dog in the car with the window open. Okay, so whether it's in California or not, that's not the greatest move. Well, anyway, the man in the video was later identified as 38-year-old Errol Chow of Fullerton, California. Police said Mookie's owner posted about the incident on a pet recovery website, just like our, our pet's uh 911 here in the, in our area. Well, Chow then made contact with the owner and reportedly said his roommate came home with a dog matching Mookie's description and he would return the dog for a small fee. 
Remember, that's one of the reasons I told you last week, people steal dogs to get rewards from owners. Okay. Well, the owner agreed to meet Chow to pick up the dog. So once Chow arrived at the location with Mookie, the police went in for the sting and they arrested him and charged him with grand theft. Perfect. I mean, perfect. But the lesson here is do not leave your dog in a parked car. Lesson number two is don't leave your dog in a parked car with the keys in it. Because we know so many people have stolen cars and they find dogs and babies in the backseat. Okay. So you might come back to, if you leave your dog in the car, you might come back to a car with your pooch gone dog nappers as i said in the special report are everywhere i'm glad that the irvine police said that Mo- happy was it was happy that mookie was safely returned to his family but i am sure mookie's family will not leave him in the car again comment dr fleck should never have happened in the first place hope they've learned their lesson and i also am glad the story was put up on facebook because these incidents more and more and news stories are reminding people that dog napping is a real thing there was just a case last week in atlanta and one in arizona and i'm assuming that mookie is safe and healthy we hope so flex facts welcome to just the facts just the facts fact or fiction just the facts ma'am you want answers i want the truth okay so we're back with dr fleck and flex facts discussing how to treat a paw injury doc what about bandaging talk about that yeah place a non-stick gauze or a telfa pad directly over the cut if available a dab of triple antibiotic ointment is a good idea to prevent infection this can be secured with paper tape then wrap your dog's foot using roll gauze vet wrap or an elastic bandage The bandage should be snug enough to stay on, but also needs to be loose enough to allow for proper circulation to your dog's foot. You can also place more tape around the top of the bandage. Keep the bandage dry. Moisture provides an entrance for bacteria to get through the bandage and into the wound. You can use a commercial booty to protect the bandage when your dog goes outside or just tape a plastic bag over That's it. a good idea, and it's something that you have. Yep. Most paw bandages need to be changed daily, especially if there is still bleeding or a discharge present. For minor scrapes that look like a rug burn, a liquid bandage can be used to cover the exposed nerve endings without needing a full traditional bandage. Keep the foot elevated while the liquid bandage dries and don't let your dog lick it yeah so for example if you're sitting on the couch just put a pillow over your dog's paw right yeah yeah that's a great idea okay what about healing time for a dog's cut paw your dog's cut paw pad will heal faster if it's protected until fully healed keep him quiet and prevent him from running or chewing at the bandage and this may require the use of an elizabethan collar i know most pet parents hate hate those hate (laughs) them Even after your dog's pad is healed enough that it isn't painful to touch, it will still be tender and vulnerable to re-injury. Avoid activities that could damage the healing pad or use a booty to protect the foot. Healing time will vary depending upon the size of the cut, obviously. Anything else, Doc? That's all the flex facts for the week. Great. That was really interesting. I learned a lot, especially with four dogs 
and 16 and paw you know, pads. This happens a lot. It does happen it a does lot. Happen people, a lot. Are, especially in the summertime when people are eating and throwing things on the ground or throwing bottles out. Tell me something good. And that's News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Well, we need to hear some good pet stuff before we wrap the show. So you're going to love this story. I found this because I thought it was just so clever. After going missing on New York's Long Island for four days, Lily the cat reunited with her family in the most, you could say, courteous way. She actually rang the doorbell. Outstanding. Okay. So Stephanie Whitley, Lily's owner, told the news station, the TV station, WPIX in New York, that Lily had always loved going outside and exploring. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have a cat that goes outside. I don't necessarily like it. I have to create an indoor environment for my cat. But the Whitley family moved to a new neighborhood, so they recently moved on Long Island, and she was worried how Lily would react to the unfamiliar surroundings. Well, sure enough, two weeks after the family moved, their beloved cat went missing. In their old neighborhood, Lily always made her way back home. Whitley had a gut feeling when she didn't come back for such a long period of time, something wasn't right. She believed that this time was really different. She didn't think Lily was going to come back home. So presuming that their cherished pet was gone for good, they really weren't prepared for this, let's just say, ringing moment. Okay? So they were all sitting at home one night. And the family got spooked when the doorbell rang in the wee hours of the night. They were confused about who was at the door so late. So when they checked the ring camera on their cell phone, they couldn't believe their eyes. Right in front of them on their cell phone was Lily batting the ring doorbell. And the whole family was in shock. They one minute they were laughing, one minute they were crying. They were so happy that she was back. I mean, think about it. A cat ringing the doorbell to come inside. That's something priceless. Now, that's something really good. Wouldn't you think? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I really do. So before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. And next week, we're talking about how active owners have active dogs And what to do if your cat goes missing. Charlotte, can you please thank our guests? Sure. Special thanks to Amy Robinson and Edwin Plotz. And we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet. That's making better skin coat and ear care products for the healthier pets everywhere. And Hunter's Healthy Treats, making all natural, yummy treats for dogs of all sizes. And ages and ages well if you have a question write to us at team at the petbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show and if you missed any portion of this show visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on monday morning most importantly though remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets peace out and pet love goodbye Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.